0: I'm never got a press pass, and FETC, like, we're going to give you a press pass to come. This all right, gentlemen, I called you here to this roundtable, which is actually a round table yes, in the middle literally. of the lobby as we sit here uh, almost post-DLAC. I know uh, I'm here with Doug Roberts, Carl Hooker, Adam File. Um, Doug, you just arrived. Just arrived. So you're just getting the initial vibes. Mm-hmm. Carl, you, you've been here all day. I got here yeah, at 2 in the morning. Adam, I was in your session yesterday, so yeah. let's talk to you first. Because you've been here for the full the full dose,
1: yeah, the full ride. Yeah, uh,
0: what are, what are your initial uh, takeaways?
1: This is a very timely event. I mean, this is the first my first experience at DLAC. But as I look at where we've been able to go in the past two years with COVID nineteen and digital learning, and finding the right resources and getting people together in the room that's doing the same work is very important. While I love a huge conference like an FETC or an ISTE or things of that nature, oftentimes it's too big at times to get with a group of people that have the same Goals of improving virtual learning, digital learning for all students. So that's that's the great thing I think about this particular conference. Yeah. and it's not too far from me. It's only forty-five minutes from the Hollywood of the South. In Hollywood and yes, Hollywood yes. the South.
0: Yeah, and I was talking with John Winton, who's the uh, who heads up DLAC here and, and runs it. And we were talking a little bit about how they survived through the pandemic having live events. Doug, well, you survived during the pandemic having live events. When I look at both of them, I see uh, events that were smaller in scale than say a TCEA or or a, you know an ISTE or, or or a bet talk a little bit about how you see that going forward is that I mean do you intend to scale your events or, or keep them to where they are and do you see the interaction with the folks who sponsor your events interacting uh versus say setting up a booth in a giant hall with balloons and swag and all yeah. that so, to me, this feels huge because huge, if there's yeah. more than 150
2: people there, it's, like, bigger <laughs> than a typical IEI. Ours are very small things. But, um, no, I I think the events, I think events are back. I think we're getting to a point. Did you guys see the sign down there where you could put a sticker on your name badge for how comfortable you are hugging and whatnot? not yeah. Oh, you're Carl's a green. I'm a I'm hugger, hugger as nice. well. I was trying to um, get dark green. If something more- can um, you have one, like, depend I'm on more who than can hug you? <laughs> yes.
0: Oh. You
2: can have different levels of that. Different though, levels kind of, of what up with. Yeah. Like, what are you up for, right? Yeah, yeah. you can have a, a different kind of
1: conference. I'm just going to say that. Yeah, that sounds like a party I went to in college one time. <laughs> anyway,
2: At any rate, um, so, you know, for us, it's really our members, superintendent members want to be in person together. Yeah. So for them, there's no virtual... We have a couple of companies for whom it's just, they, you know, like little baby at home who can't get vaccinated or whatever. So mm. we're making exceptions and allowing them to do virtual. But there's just, you know, that you don't get the value from our experience from the virtual that you do with the in-person. Yeah. But I think D- DLAC is a different kind of thing. There's probably, in terms of consuming content, yeah. that you can do when you're not in-person. Right. And so I think these guys have a really nice hybrid approach for those who, who just want the content. Yeah. And then, you know, you're not you're not investing in the relationship stuff. You're just investing in the
0: content and there's no confusion with um who you're reaching out to when you're on a show floor again when you look at the big shows um you know you could have a history teacher who got the free pass to go and it's not necessarily getting ready to, to to buy an enterprise resource software system yes, for the mm-hmm. for the district right and right. so it's like why did you dump a hundred thousand dollars to talk to this history teacher right. um carl what, what are your thoughts in terms of the restructuring of these events I mean, I think this was already changing before the pandemic. I think the big, the days of the 350
2: different vendors on the giant floor. I, I just don't see that as a cost add. As someone now who works, I work with companies now too, as well as schools. I'm like you, you have to invest in companies and organizations like IEI, ones that are actually going to get you in front of leaders, or what I think now with the fact that I feel like everyone wants to network again because we've forgotten for the last two years like with ISTE which is coming up that's just going to be an amazing space to actually have that networking area because it's New Orleans first of all but yeah. I've told so I'm, all the people I'm advising and my clients or whatever I'm telling them find space where you can get leadership in there teachers too but again with the buyership Mm -hmm. Figuring out who are your hot leads and who are those people that need to be in the room, but then have a networking event that's going to save you. It's going to cost you half a wood of wood for a booth. Yeah, but you're going to make two or three really good contacts that'll end end up to sales versus a hundred history teachers walking. No, again, history teachers aren't bad. But right, I mean, to me, the booth was invented because there was no internet. Yeah, I, I've been yeah. amazed that people have been doing these booths for twenty five years. That is true because That's it's true. it's a place to go find. Whereas now you can just Google and find like show me SEL providers. But this is it's even harder to navigate because the SEL providers are sprinkled throughout. So you got to go to some app that you never used before. To me, the the booth is for the companies who need a home base and they 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 want people to come find them. But if you're in a position where you're in an early stage and you got to go find people go get out of your booth and move around or just don't even do the booth connection. and do
1: what Carl just said. Yeah. Yep. But you know, one, one cool thing though uh, about the booth are the ones f- for startup companies. I think sometimes when you go to some of the larger uh, conferences at times, the smaller entities can't afford those fees to kind of have that booth or that table or that time. But having a, a smaller size event, and I'm, I'm calling this one smaller because it's not a 10,000, right. know, 15,000 uh, type person event, but it's not so private where also the prices are high. Um, This does give those startups a chance to talk to people and see what those issues are because ultimately as someone who's in district, it's about what are our pain points. Don't sell me a product that I don't need. It's about finding out what my issues are and is there a product out there that meets that need or I already have this product, let me talk to my the vendor and see what's coming down the pipe or how can we make this product better for yeah. our students yeah. and um, the rest of our stakeholders.
0: Well, the one thing is certain is that you will also need to have the cheap Merlot and cheese cubes <laughs> in the room. Artisan bread, Kevin. Artisan, don't forget the artisan bread. Right. I mean, I'm that, just here for that, the shark coochie you know? yeah, <laughs> The shark cooch. <laughs> Exactly. Well gentlemen, thank you so much for this. And uh, we'll see you in the reception hall. Thanks Kevin. CHR yeah. bus. Do you have a sign off? You gotta have a sign off. A... Oh, I add that on later. Oh, yeah. you already added? Okay. Yeah.